Welcome back to Geek Life, the indie comics podcast on Pandamanga.com. I'm your host, JP. As always with me are my fearless co-hosts, Joe. Yalo. Marcus. It was me. I let the dogs out. And then we have back again the original OG co-host, The Brian. Why haven't I got hate mail yet? He's here again because we just left him in the studio over the week. This week we are talking about... Bum, 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 blah, 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 blah. The, slightly the slightly insane, insane spontaneously spontaneous combusting, combusting, frothing, 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 mutant, ninja, black belt, samurai, rabbit, walrus from hell by Matt Marchetti. Well done. Well done. I was very impressed yeah. with you right now. Wow. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank Look at you with your reading in the words and I'm stuff. just going to call it rabbit walrus for We've sure. been calling it rabbit walrus, and those are the biggest words on the cover, so that's what you can do as yeah. well. If you'd like to follow along at home, you can go to plotlesscomics.com, and you can read the first couple issues there. If you remember Plotless Comics, that is from two weeks ago. We talked about Sado Cat by Corey Patton. Corey and Matt both run Plotless Comics. Again, that's plotless.com. How the hell did they get that domain name? I am jealous. Yeah. It's freaking awesome. You can follow Plotless Comics on Twitter at Plotless Comics. I'm sure to like their Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Plotless Comics. So we met both of those guys at SatCon a little while ago. I guess several SatCons because they have them every 10 minutes. <laughs> So I'll go ahead and play his interview with me while I was there by myself. I'm never going to let anybody live that one down. So I want to go ahead and play that interview that I had with Matt right now. And then when we get back from the interview, we'll get into the story and art of the slightly insane, insane, spontaneously combusting, combusting, frothing mutant ninja, ninja, black black belt samurai, samurai, rabbit rabbit walrus walrus from hell. You sound like you were running out of breath on that one. The first one, you were seamless. But this one, you got a little. (laughs) (laughs) Just showing off now. Next time you, next time you, you need to do something like that, and you're like, I'm going to crash and burn at some point, and it didn't happen that first time, and I was like... <laughs> the next time you say that, you should go... Yes. <clears throat> <laughs> the slightly insane, spontaneously combusting, frothing mutant ninja, black belt samurai, rabbit walrus from hell. Hey everybody, this is JP from Pandamanga.com. I'm talking to Matt Marchetti about his comic called The Slightly Insane, Spontaneously Combusting, Frothing Mutant Ninja Black Belt Samurai, Rabbit Walrus from Hell. (laughs) So first of all, i got to ask, the name. (laughs) Where did that come from? (laughs) Well, uh, I started doing this in high school, and it was around the time of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and I thought, you know, I can go longer than that. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Mission accomplished. Yes, yes. Awesome. And then some. (laughs) So tell us about the character. And the comic. Well, he does. Uh, he is slightly insane. He does spontaneously combust <laughs> nice. uh, at random points in certain comics. Um, so sometimes at inopportune moments, it sounds like. Uh, yes. Um, you know, it could be either when he's in the middle with a fight with a supervillain, or it could be when he's trying to help an old lady cross the street. So <laughs> it just depends. So it could really just could really go bad. <laughs> yes, it can. In fact, I think in one of these issues, it is that very situation. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> That's awesome. So what is what is the story of the rabbit walrus from hell? Well, his origin is kind of a mystery. He kind of goes around. And, and the fun thing about plotless comics is our characters are they're jerks. Okay, sure. <laughs> so they kind of do their own thing, but they think they're heroes. So they'll save the city from someone else. But, you know, it's Destroy mostly because themselves. no one destroys the city but me. Is kind right, of the, right. Oh, I see, I see. <laughs> That's awesome. Tell me a little bit about, like, the storyline you got going on here with his. Storyline. Being a plotless comic, I'm confused by that. Oh, I see, I see. 
see, I see. Well, you no, did, um, you, there is a loose story there. They're, they're kind of a lot of fun because they're, um, there's some satire, sure. and, and you can read them again and again, and you'll find some new stuff. So um, there's, lots of, there's lots of, like, Easter eggs in there. Yeah, there's yeah Easter eggs. Um, and uh, you'll, you'll see some of the stuff you'll catch at the first times. Like, the first issue makes fun of probably ten different things. Nice. And, uh, some people from the older generation, I, I, I dare say that now. <laughs> I know, right? Um, uh, they'll, they'll catch it from some of the earlier comics. And, very cool. Uh, and the newer, the newer kids really like the Star Wars spoof that I have going on. Yeah, tell me about the Star Wars spoof. This is a team-up, actually. It's a crossover with Sado Cat, which is one of our, um, a character by Corey Patton. Right. And um, they kind of have this ongoing rivalry going on. They'll be fighting each other until something else comes up and uh, interferes. In fact, the cover so of one they'll, of my issues. So they'll combine <laughs> together if something bigger is on the horizon. Yeah. Otherwise, they're bickering with each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. Sado Cat, he, um, he's got, like, every superpower. And my guy, he just, you know, he spontaneously combusts, and he has all these different skills. But at the beginning of this issue, it's after he's gotten all of Sado Cat's powers, and so he first confronts Sado Cat, and then uh, something happens, and they mysteriously lose their powers, so they're on the same uh, playing ground. Basically. Interesting, interesting. Nice. And how, do, how does it tie in with uh, with Star Wars? Well, uh, these little characters here that look like bears are called Weewoks. Nice. And, um, <laughs> you know, they, they get into they get captured by them, and uh, as you can see... Uh, that doesn't go well doesn't for the Weewoks. Well Wee <laughs> but no part of the Weewok was wasted. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> so, um, it was, it's a lot of fun because they get to have lightsabers, they get to, you know, wear Ewok skins. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, tell me a little bit about your artistic inspiration. It's definitely a very unique style. You know, it's kind of, I've been inspired a little bit by Bill Watterson, okay. um, Calvin and Hobbes oh, style. Yeah. Um, some of the humor is similar to that. A friend of mine, uh, he, he said that there's a style that's similar to anime that that, it, that is called, that there's a name for it, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> okay, okay. I see that you use what looks like felt markers to do a lot of the work. Yeah. Right? One of these is black and white. Is this actually colored and you printed it black and white, or is it? did you actually go through with grayscale pens? I did a grayscale, and in fact, um, I hadn't done a black and white before, and I just thought I'd do it as an experiment. Because That's just because it, it's unique. Um, Not a lot yeah, of people do that. Yeah, they, um, the first um, issues were like pencil. Like, if you look at this, is our, our art has improved somewhat, but here's an issue of the stuff we did in high school. Nice. <laughs> so it was it was pencil. We'd basically fold the paper in half and draw till the story ran out. Sure. <laughs> you know, Corey's art from Sato Cat, you know, hasn't improved much at all, but mine's improved oh, a little bit. Oh, brutal. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting and refreshing to see somebody trying something new, and there's not a lot of people that, that go black and white uh -huh. but still use marker. Yeah. marker's so associated with color, you know? It's it's crazy because, you know, it's like I'm, uh, it's, it's weird. People are like, you do it by hand? That's that's, that's insane. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but I, I do like the, you know, hands-on feel, and, um, you know, I started doing everything by hand, and I, I'm slowly moving into digital. I'm, I'm doing a little bit of digital stuff right now. That's definitely very popular these days, especially with the kind of production cycle that people are, are committing to. A lot of the time, it's got to be turn around really fast, really fast, really fast, and that's all yeah. digital. The nice thing about that is you just click something if you make a mistake yeah, and you're undo. done. Yeah. <laughs> right. Awesome. Um, awesome. For these, uh, it, it's a little more involved, but uh, I'm kind of more familiar with that medium, and so that's kind of what I use for now. I would argue there's a there's a there's an attraction and a charm to still traditional hand-drawn comics not using digital. I agree. I, I totally agree. It's neat to see there's still some, some holdouts for that. It's a, a lot of people, like you said, are heading over to 100% computer. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for talking to us. We really look forward to reviewing it on the podcast. Thanks so much. Thanks again, Matt, for taking time and talking to us at the convention. I know that it's sometimes hard to talk to a non-paying customer, but hopefully we can send some people your way to plotless.com and check out this comic. So, like we always do, we will go ahead and start with the story. So, Joe, take it away. 
So the first issue. Yeah, we're really going to try and focus on the first issue. We Everybody read at least two of the three issues that are available mm. on the site. And uh, changes a lot, especially artistically. Um, when it but, goes to color. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, we just wanted, we want to focus in on, on the first issue. First issue opens up on the rabbit walrus from hell. Scaling rooftops, jumping around. Just all of Batman. Yeah. Has a bat stuck to his chest. And the very first scene is him standing up on a rooftop, lightning strike behind him, silhouetted against the lightning, and then it opens up and it shows a bat on his chest. Which I should mention is actually Batman the Animated Series. The opening of it, it is like pretty much the final scene from that opening. And he bites the the bat's head off. Yeah, because you're thinking that it's like part of his costume, right? And then he's like, Oh shit, this freaking vampire bat, and he rips it off his chest, and he's like, Nyarm! and he like, Ozzy's it right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ozzy. Then, while swinging through the city on a series of frog grapple hooks. Yeah, his, yeah. his grapple hooks are great, basically. He has frogs, and he, and he squeezes, squeezes them. them. <laughs> and a tongue shoots out and sticks to something, and he swings around. <laughs> and he... the frogs are all dead. They all have little X's on their heads. Hmm. There's a great line. It's like, man, just all this across one block, I'm going to run out of frogs. Yeah. I wonder if there's going to ever be anything in the future with, like, flatline frog. and that Him, being, like, trying to use uh, flatline yeah. frog. I, I didn't read all the way to issue three. I just read the first two. So there, uh, it's all flatline him and frog say, okay. is not yeah. in uh, issue yeah. three. Yeah, no. He's on the cover. Yeah. I love flatline frog. Flatline frog's the best. And then spontaneous bad guy summons his, uh, what was it called? The doom creature. The doom creature. The doom creature that has a costume. That has a costume. That's the best. I love that. That is so... That there's so much of the humor here is really, I guess, on the nose. And that's, you know, it's just... it like I don't know how to describe it. It, like, explains itself somehow. Yeah. But it's so... It, it's almost like it overtells itself. And it's, like, but jokingly, mm-hmm. you know? Like, instead of it just being a costume and it's just like, oh, he grabs a costume. Yeah. Like, it's the on, evil monster itself. Yeah, like, there's it's a fucking a wire tag. And it says, you know, Doom Costume creature. for Doom Monster. Yeah. Sort of self-deprecating at the same time. Like it's, totally. It's like, we understand it's silly that villains in these comics have custom outfits for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So There's a lot of making that. fun of yeah. the superhero stuff going mm-hmm. on for sure. Doom Creature eats its creator. Immediately. Immediate. First action, right That's out of the box. Yeah. I love how the Doom Creature turns out to just be a freaking sheep. Mm-hmm. And then you're thinking like, a sheep? And then of course, the Rabbit Wallace is like, a sheep? And then the next I page is like, sheep. I hate sheep! <laughs> it's like, well, all right then. Yeah. <laughs> the a, plot thickens. Uh, there's a quick battle with a unnamed super guy. Yeah, total, a, total Superman sheep. ripoff, and Doom Sheep handles his shit. Yeah, whoops his ass with a cat. Oh, see, that's that was one of the funny things, is that there's all this destruction going on, and then it has this just nameless... Superman ripoff. And then he's like, let me see with my supervision what's happening way over there. And it zooms in. And, and actually, that was really well done. It was really clear, yeah. which is tricky. And basically, it has him floating above the cityscape. And then there's fire burning off in the distance. And it's very clearly done that it shows you like a little zoomed in, like magnifying glass kind of thing. It's very, it was a really cool layout style. And it has the, a little tiny version of the Doom creature holding this little tiny little tiny kitty cat <laughs> it's like why <laughs> of all the things why like a kitty is like kitty cat fuck cats nobody likes cats especially doom creatures yes i, don't mind creatures. I think it, you know it i'm sure because both of these guys are working on this stuff all the way back into high school they m- must be like an inside rib at cory they're like fuck yeah. cats, <laughs> cat. 
<laughs> that was my thinking as well. Yeah. Brian, any thoughts? Um, well, one, at least the cat gets saved, possibly. Maybe. Oh, right. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. You oh. hit that super guy really hard. That's that true. is true. There was a little sequence early on. By the way, this happens around Christmas time, I should say, since there's oh, the Salvation yeah. Army bell ringers. And, <laughs> as and he does guy, what, like, everyone wishes they could do. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. They're out there for a good cause, but it is so annoying. Agreed. <laughs> and Especially if you work retail and they happen to be outside your store. It's yes. like, quit loitering. Go away. Can you not get rid of them, Joe? Or? Uh, the people who own the property can, but the shops can't. Oh, fail. Yeah. Unless they start harassing customers, then we can get rid of Nice. Yeah, but they don't. They just ring that bell. Mm-hmm. And it's... They don't. Uh, storm. Yeah. So, yeah, one of those people gets their comeuppance, which I was very, very excited about. That made me happy inside. Yeah. I think that's probably one of the only people that dies that had it coming. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much everybody else. The rabbit wall was just like... I'm going to murder you. He's like, I was trying to help this old lady. He's like, oh, you were trying to steal her groceries. He's like, who steals groceries? I was trying to help her across the street. Is, is that right, old lady? He's like, um, I don't know. Thank you. <laughs> I love that <laughs> the old you, lady's sir. just like batshit crazy. Yeah, she's like thanking everybody. Like, and then like he flies off and she's like, you're welcome. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, what? Man, you're the best. Like just <laughs> completely out of her mind. Insane. Speaking of the action scenes, one of the things that I thought was really you know, again, in keeping with that sort of on-the-nose humor, that instead of there being sound effects, like, you know, like actual sound effects just written out, it's slash, hack, slice, spurt. Like, <laughs> I mean, I just, normally I would have been like, that's really kind of weird and it's almost lazy, but like it fits in this universe because this universe is so goofy and so wacky. It's like, why would you... You know, use Snicked. You'd be, it'd be like, if, if, if Snicked was in this universe, it'd be Claws. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he hit it right on the nose in the interview when he said plotless characters or plotless comics heroes are just jerks. They are. Yeah. Um, I mean, going th- from, They fancy themselves superheroes. Going from Sadocat to this, it's just like, wow. I mean, if you're a fan of, like, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, this is right up your alley. This yeah. is the kind of thing that you probably love just because the entire time it's... Uh, I mean, it's, I don't, I don't even want to say anti-hero. He's, they're doing bad things. No, he's yeah. just a bad, you know what it is? It's basically me playing a superhero video game. I'm like, you know, you hear off in the distance, like, help me. Somebody's getting their purse stolen or something. You're like, I'll save you. And then like 10 minutes later, I'm like, die, pedestrians. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that that's what it is. It's basically an expression of just this juvenile power trip fantasy that, I mean, let's be honest. Anybody that's played like Infamous or, I mean, any of those games. But the one that really comes to mind is Prototype. Where, like, you actually have to consume people to heal. <laughs> like, like you do all this crazy stuff and you're trying to be kind of a good guy. But really, you spend a lot of time murdering lots of people and causing mm-hmm. lots of damage and wreck, just wrecking shit. And anyone who's played Fallout has you know, saved their game, killed everyone in a town, and then loaded the game back. See, up. that's why I like to play the Bethesda <laughs> games on the computer. Because you can F5, then F9. Right? <laughs> F5 being quick save, F9 being low, quick load. And so... Like, there'll be something in the dialogue. Somebody be like, man, 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 I'm an asshole. I'm not going to give you what you want. And I'd go, F5, bang, 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 and shoot him in the face, F9. Okay, what do you need from me? <laughs> I'm glad that you clarified, because when you're talking about F5ing and F9ing things, I was like, is this like new sexual terms I'm not aware of? 
You got to keep up, man. You got to keep up. I the know, VR sex is the, is the cutting edge. I'm going to F5 this character real quick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to say a little something about the second issue, because, again, it just continues on with the craziness. The The main bad guy that's kind of... The robot the second, clown bunny? Yeah, thing? the robot clown bunny jester guy, <laughs> who, like, is a bad guy... And takes their powers away, but then is not in the, like, the second half of the issue, and like mm-hmm. randomly now they're on Endor for some reason. Yeah, and he's the bad guy, I guess, but he's doesn't have an evil He's plan. featured prominently on the cover of both issues mm-hmm. uh, two and three, I guess. He was really funny because he's sitting in the drive-thru, and he's figured out that potatoes are an integral part, or specifically french fries, are an integral part of this his like evil master plan mm-hmm. scientific creation. And he's... Doing this flashback to explain why he's getting like a gajillion French fries, and then it pulls back, and the person's like, "Um, hello, are, are you still there?" And evidently, like he actually spaced out while he was like doing the exposition <laughs> flashback, which I thought was really funny. And then finally, the same guy has that pretty, like probably one of the most ridiculous supervillain hideouts ever, which is that giant glass or metal. I couldn't really tell, but it was a death potato, a giant. No, it was a giant, oddly shaped, strangely placed secret base, which is actually oh, a, a giant onion, onion on top onion. of happyville onion factory that's what it was that was cool. onion. Like that. yeah that was funny the i think there was actually a lot of progression between issues one and issue two yeah. huge mm-hmm. difference you know the issue one made a whole lot more sense somehow but issue two i think was more well made yeah. well i feel it's like with with it being you know the kind of comic that it is where it's very like the hero is the villain and it's Everyone, it's just trying to make us laugh. It's it's a good comedy comic book. Throwing in the references as many as they did yeah, yeah. Is, mm-hmm. a, is a good way to secure those kind of laughs. So the writing I felt like improved on the second one. It feels I mean, kind of like some of the young like the television shows you see these days. You know, I can remember as soon as I want to say it was like the Angry Beavers came out, which don't even get me started. But yeah, Angry the, Beavers, Cat Dog. Yeah, like stuff came out and it was just like, what is happening? I mean, it was funny, but it was like this doesn't make any sense. There's no cohesive story. There, what? Like. What? Yeah. And this is what this feels like. It's just like, stop trying to make it make sense. It's going to make you angry. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of just have to appreciate it. Just roll with it, man. Just roll with it. Yeah. I remember Ren and Stimpy still having plot. But when you got to. I was going to go with Earthworm Jim, which is more 90s based, but. You know, I heart Earthworm Jim. It's groovy, 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 groovy. What? Did you ever see the cartoon? I don't know. Oh, it's amazing. But it is weird and random. Earthworm Jim uh, was created by one of my comic book heroes, Doug Tenapple, who actually is also one of the creators of Cat Scratch on Nickelodeon. Oh, really? Yeah. So if that was <laughs> leaped in there as one of your crazy cartoons, that's the same guy. He, hmm. he did he did a lot of... Tenapple's mad. Just a badass, though. I mean... He really is. Yeah. And and I'm pretty sure you have like a lock of his hair that you smell every night. I do. I, make, I have a doll I made. <laughs> <laughs> I've totally... You should hear Marcus talk about Tenapple. He's like... I I don't mean to, Can but you I smell I talent. Accidentally, like <laughs> I accidentally <laughs> Facebook stalked this guy. Sorry, his, his need books, to get it wet there for my sound effects. <laughs> oh boy, his I mean his books are just they're they're amazing. Yeah, let's take great. a second. Let's all appreciate Doug Tenapple. Doug, <gasps> if you're listening, um, let's be friends. Why is there porn music? <laughs> I, I was going to say, Marcus email the show at geeklife at pandamega.com. Or Marcus you'll, personally. Or you'll Marcus get more personally. porn music. <laughs> Come sign Marcus's chest. <laughs> I'll get a tattoo, Doug. <laughs> I'll get a tattoo. Yeah, if you, if you sign his chest, he'll just get it run over by a tattoo artist. 
So there is one thing with this evil villain. At the very end of this story, although this is in issue three, there's a daily bagel, which if you listen to episode 77, there was a daily bagel that was really just kind of funny. And again, read all of the daily bagel thing because it's actually real text. From Sadocat. From Sadocat, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so in this very one, clearly takes place in the same universe, yeah. even when they're not actually having a crossover between the characters. Yes. So Rabbit Wallace from Hell has, as one of the headlines, mysterious supervillain takes over Idaho. Rest of the country's response? Oh, well. <laughs> that was a great line, actually. I lulled. Ah, so good. And with that, we'll go ahead and take a quick musical break. When we get back, we'll get into the art of the slightly insane spontaneous. Fuck it, we'll be right back. the indie comics podcast on pandamanga.com we're talking about the crazily long named walrus guy <laughs> from hell no we're talking about the slightly insane spontaneously combusting frothing mutant ninja black belt samurai rabbit walrus from hell by matt marchetti so now we're talking about the art so what do you guys think about the art why don't we start with marcus uh i guess zed with the story the artwork progressed and from issue one to issue two. Dramatically. Pretty, pretty big. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I think part of it was the inclusion of color. It's interesting that they didn't do anything digital, like they said in the interview. Um, they did all yeah, markers, right? You know, and especially when you're looking at the art style for, really for both issues, but especially when the color comes in, he's doing that kind of tune shading. There's no real, mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's no real sort of fade or anything. He's not using, because he's using markers, right? So he could yeah. be using like a blender marker to try and get something like that going on and and it almost feels like it would be more well suited to just be digitally colored. You know, yeah. it means it's a shit ton of work for not real detailed color. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like why? Like, there's lots of big blocks of color that are all the same color. You know, yes. with some simple accents of it, one separate different color. It's not like it's a really an elaborate use of that. I mean, you can like if you want, look up some really impressive like Copic marker stuff, and there's some really incredible work that's done with markers, and it's 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 really beautiful capable of a lot of cool things and this is 
using markers to create an, a style that's very much done with like cell painting or mm -hmm. digitally, mm -hmm. you know? And so it's just, it's sort of odd because in those big blanket pieces of all one color, you end up seeing a lot of the texture marks from the, from the marker, oh, yeah. you know, which just, it just doesn't look right. I yeah, mean, unless, the, unless that's what he bit. wants. I just can't imagine that he thinks that's the, the way it yeah. should be. It would clean up and punch out a lot more if he colored it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you look at, look at, uh, so you could be more lazy if you wanted to. Yeah, really? buddy. No, we were talking, like Marcus and I were talking about Malaman, you know, when you, when you do, like Marcus does Malaman by hand to the ink stage. Right? Yeah. And so, but even then, when he goes on the computer, he fills in the inks. There's no texture from the ink. Because when you ink something, much like when you marker something in, you know, whether you're using a brush pen or actual markers, which is not uncommon to ink, you're going to fill a big area. You're going to have marks. You're going to have like a texture to it. It's going to be, you're going to be able to see the streaks and, you know, when you pull that onto the computer, if something's going to be all one thing, whether it's all black or all gray or all green or basically all one color, like it doesn't look clean for it to have all those marks. And that's one of the reasons why I thought it was an odd choice to do it by hand with markers in the coloring style that he's doing, because those sort of markers lend themselves more effectively to kind of subtler stuff. You know, a lot of the things that you see that work really well, it's like it's it's very pale looking because they only use it to sort of accent a little bit. They don't blah, fill an entire area with an ink color because it just has this sort of I don't know, it's just sort of like smudgy textury because you know when you basically when you go with a marker, you make a line and then you go back over it and you're moving slightly to the side to kind of fill the area mm -hmm. in, anything that you go over again gets darker. So would you say that you liked the black and white from issue one better or that you actually liked the color, but if you were doing it, you would have done it a different way? Yeah. Yeah. I liked the color better. Mm -hmm. But if I were to choose to that style of coloring, I wouldn't have done it with those with, with those, the markers. those tools, yeah. I guess. Yeah. But artistically, the first issue was interesting, and I feel like it kind of works better all the textury stuff a little bit but it needs the first issue in a big way and i actually like black and white comics it's sort of my jam you know and so it's, <laughs> it's that's your wheelhouse right it there. is and so like i i actually was really drawn to it it's one of the reasons why i wanted to talk about these comics and was drawn to the table in the first place and so even though i choose and prefer black and white comics by and large this one suffers from the same challenge actually a couple of weeks ago we were talking about hunter black and by and large hunter black is really skillfully made but there's a handful of pages that felt a little muddy because it wasn't a large enough contrast going on and there were especially some of the big cityscape scenes which could have been sort of technically impressive were just like a wall of gray Mm -hmm. You know, and you couldn't quite tell where it was differentiating lines of light and darkness because he was filling in an area or because it was actually meant to be darker to describe something. So there's something lost in the mix there, I think. See, so I I mean, even though you think that, like, that couldn't have been his intent, even if it wasn't his intent, what I got from it was sort of echoing what he said in the interview um, in that this was a comic that they did in high school. This felt like the comics that I made in high school. Like, it's very, very... You fold it in half, you staple it down the middle, and then you just yeah. you fill up the pages. I don't get the feeling that these ones that we're actually looking at are the ones from high school. They're separate. Like, I looked at them, and he had some stuff from high school, and then these, these are not the ones from high school. But as a complete package, though, because that's the type of writing that they're doing, is oh, a very yeah. high school type of thing? Yeah. It, I don't know. It kind of worked for me. Like, I, I got like... The, oh, no. I thought that the artwork echoed what he said in the interview, and that this was a, a high school comic book, because I, I got that feel, the same kind of comic books that I was making during high school, where you sure. get printer paper, you fold it in half, staple it down the middle, 
And then you just fill up the pages. And even if they made it, you know, last week and they're obviously not in high school anymore, it still to me encompasses that feel. I, I if anything, I appreciated the nostalgia that it gave oh, me. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, it's not that I didn't enjoy it. I did enjoy it. I thought it was pretty funny. And actually there were some pretty dynamic fight scenes and mm-hmm. you know, some of the leaping through the air and stuff. Like it was pretty good. The poses were, you know, very dynamic. And, you know, it was actually contrasted really well by a early scene in the second issue where the rabbit walrus is fighting Sadocat. And Sadocat comes up and is trying to scratch him. And he's in this kind of like awkward, hunched over little position. And it really looks like he's going like, it doesn't look like it's like a big dynamic action. It looks silly. Yeah. Because everything else is so dynamic. I think if I had to say one thing about um, about the artwork that I noticed throughout the book was there's a few frames in there that I felt were unnecessary, that were kind of sure. repeating the same information. Sure. And if you have that chance to, you know, have the same information twice, I would say make it bigger and better in the, in the one frame. Or allow the redundancy to be humorous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which they were able to do successfully in the second issue where they both hit something hard metal in a bush and they're like, oh, it's a speeder. Like they both did it, but the joke didn't land as well the second time because we'd already seen the joke, True. you know, and so it didn't need the whole, exp- you know, exposition that it did the first time, but it was still funny mm-hmm. and it was kind of in keeping with that style. But I think by and large, this comic is successful and entertaining, but a lot of that success comes from the reader buying into the style that they are doing this in. Not I mean, that it doesn't have its argument. own merits. It certainly does. But to really be like a, become a fan of this comic in particular... You're going to have to be like, okay, I'm along for the ride. We're going to be mm-hmm. goofy, crazy, sugar-filled high school minds. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. You know, because if you look at it with a critical eye or if you're expecting anything more than just wacky insanity, you know, it's kind of like, what the hell is going on here? You know, and, and you know, not even so much the story, not exclusively the story, I mean, you know, there's just a lot of it just feels kind of like scatterbrained and crazy, yeah. you know, which, again, if that's what you're going out to do, which... He made it very clear in the interview, like, that's what we're doing. We're trying to do that. It's fun. It's crazy. We like that feel. And Marcus said himself, it brings up that kind of nostalgia feeling. You know, I remember that kind of stuff. Like it, So it's effective in what it's trying to do. But it, I think that it's, uh, you know, the amount of people that it's going to connect with could, could be, could be yeah. you know, kind of cut off at the knees a little bit because it's pretty niche. What did you think see about- Brian over there frowning? He's like, I don't like it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm Brian. I hate everything. What did you think about the character design? I like the character design for the most part. It's a rabbit walrus. So you've got Tusk. you got to say the whole thing. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> From hell. Uh, <laughs> so it's got tusks, but they're kind of like half size because it's And they only come horse. out when he's angry. No, they're pretty much always there. And he's only got one ear. Since you're he's immediately partial. evoking uh, Matt Groening when you do a one-eared bunny, though. Yeah. yeah. But the eyes drove me nuts. Because the eyes are two completely different shapes, and I kind of get it. Okay, one's walrus, one's rabbit. But it still was like, I don't know, it was very distracting. Because he's crazy. Well, yeah. And sometimes they would change. Yeah. Sometimes which one was one shape? Because like pretty well, most of the time it's like the one on the left looks like this, and the one on the right looks like this. But sometimes it would switch. (laughs) It was like, wait, what? (laughs) You know, I didn't even, I didn't put together that like, oh, it's half rabbit half walrus i just thought oh it's interesting characters i have no idea what i'm looking at but sure let's let's like you said earlier like let's just let's go for this ride yeah, just kind of yeah. just do it um and yeah, i don't mind so much the inconsistency uh, one of the things that one of my favorite authors steve purcell used to do he did sam and max was he would often forget what was the name of the characters they had a, a dog detective and a little uh, bunny detective and he would just switch names and they'd be like what are you called again and he'd be like i think i was max he's like no i'm pretty sure you're sam 
And so, like, <laughs> the consistency thing doesn't bother me so no, much. No, 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 no. I mean, again, like, it's it's a fun and entertaining comic, but you've got to be prepared to be along for the ride, because it's a ride. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Anything else on art? Feeling pretty complete about yeah. art. Yeah, I uh, I feel like I feel like Sadocat between the two comics in the plotless universe is definitely the stronger entry. I would agree. You know, no, yeah. uh, you know they they both fit. They both have kind of you know really wacky characters and everything. But I just I feel like especially the standalone issue when it's just the one character, the Rabbit Walrus or Sadocat. I do feel like Sadocat is more consistently impressive. You know, and I know that Sadocat was redrawn. And so that's probably a big part of that. But, you know, even the story and the humor and the characters, I just feel like it was just a little bit more effective. I wonder how much of that has to do with the fact that there's no origin story for uh, the walrus because... Hugely. Hugely. Mm-hmm. Sadocat. Well, first of all, Sadocat is a cat, so it's, it's relatable. It's something that everyone knows that cats are assholes. Yeah. We understand yeah. that. And going into it, you, he just embellishes on that concept, and, and it works because it's something that we all know. Like, we all, cats are assholes. Mm-hmm. Not birds. Kill the birds. I don't have much <laughs> of an opinion on sure. walrus rabbits. I, you know, I, I haven't spent a lot of time with them. Yeah, I mean, it feels like a crazy idea from high school, which is what it was. And it's, uh, you know, I would say borderline stubborn to hold on to that same character as an adult trying to put out a comic at a convention, you know, mm. and it's really funny, but it's, it's definitely like this character is important to him, you know, because it is, you know, objectively a little bit crazy and yeah, cra- cra- sure. not, not crazy in the like, huh, crazy fun, crazy in the like, what sort of way, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, on the whole, I'm glad that I read it. You guys can go check it out. Plotless.com and read the rabbit walrus with the ridiculously giant name. Both Sadocat and Rabbit Walrus have crossovers with each other. There's two crossovers. I think they both are two-part stories so far for each of them. And, you know, really go check it out. It's really fun stuff. So, again, you can go to plotless.com and check out the slightly insane, spontaneously combusting fraught thing mutant ninja black belt samurai rabbit walrus from hell. (laughs) Follow Plotless Comics on Twitter at Plotless Comics. Like their Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash plotless comics. And again, like I said before, and many times previous to that, even go check out plotless.com. Lots of good information on there. It's a great site. You guys really maintain a good space for your comics. And I want to say, like, the comic reading experience on that is clean. Like, it's pretty darn clean. Yeah. It's, mm. a, you know, a lot, sometimes it's really awkward. <laughs> and it was, it's a well made little system, like, just web design wise, like, impressive. So. so I think that's about it, you guys. Yeah. 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 All right. Yep. Well, thanks again for listening to Geek Life. We always love to hear from our listeners. Please email us at geeklife at panamanga.com with your questions, comments, and insights. Anyone interested in becoming a PM contributor can visit our contact page at contact.pandamanga.com and fill out the form located there. Music has been provided by AirPlus Recordings. As always, links to the artists and songs featured in this episode are available in the show notes at podcast.pangaminga.com. If you'd like more information about AirPlus Recordings, visit airplusrecordings.com. You can find us on pandamanga.com, on Twitter at IndieComics, the number four all, so that's IndieComics for all, on Facebook.com forward slash Comics, and at Tumblr at pandamanga.tumblr.com. Thanks for listening. This is JP. And Joe. Marshmallow Marcus. And the one, the only, the Brian. The Brian. And we'll see you guys next time.
Hooked on a feeling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm high on believing that you're in love with me. What do you guys think Kurt's like in the sack? Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, oh, yes. <laughs> Fuck. I, I think, think he makes Star Trek references while he's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the worst. <laughs> Who's your captain? What if he makes Clarence tech- to come aboard? I'm setting my penis to stun. It's <laughs> <laughs> the worst. Okay. Where the fuck oh, is this? Make it so. Number one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. What if he does tech war references? Nobody will understand them.